Welcome back to Wake Up Springfield. We got a little JB in the house. Pastor Bill, you know about Justin Bieber over there? No, no, absolutely nothing about you're, Justin. You're not Bieber. a believer? No. I am a believer, <laughs> baby. A common he sense ain't no Merle Hacker. That's for sure. He's no Merle Hacker. That's <laughs> not for even sure. close. Okay, now, Pastor Phil, it's great having you here, but the real story today is Savannah. What's <laughs> do you know about Justin Bieber? Just she's not going to. So you know about Justin Bieber. So now we are discussing here, Pastor Phil. We we got the pastor's perspective. We could either talk about that or we could talk about um Kalen over here. I mean, the new boy. Like what's what's Justin Bieber? <laughs> it's so hilarious. In I studio. think Kalen's a better candidate than Justin Bieber for sure. There you go. That's it is hilarious in studio i wish we had a video you could see um pastor phil's daughter savannah she is so red right now shy and it was she's like i'm never coming again so what did i come into well anyway pastor phil mckinley with cape fair christian church um you guys are doing great stuff down there you've been in ministry for a while and i love i i, I follow you pretty closely on um facebook you do your walks your morning walks with rusty that's right lessons that you learn there so what's God been saying to you, my friend? Well, we're going to have to uh, stand up for what's right. Good people are going to have to do what's right in the face of some of these troubled times. And, uh, you know, I think we're starting to see that a little bit, people saying no to the establishment and and standing up for the freedoms. And we've made some progress in the courts. So we're, just, we're going to have to keep doing that. Um, yesterday's sermon, we talked about the book of Esther and how Mordecai and Esther stepped up and, and uh, saved their whole saved their whole race and, so it's the power of one person yeah. taking a stand, having faith, and stepping out and doing the right thing. That's one of the things that I love about following you. You talk about these theological issues that society is talking about, that people are talking about in polit- political arenas and, and even culture, but you come at it from a, from a biblical perspective. Like, is that something that you intentionally try to do? I intentionally try to do that. And uh, I was thinking about what you read in the book of Acts at the end of chapter 2. And the end of chapter four, where the church was meeting together and they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching, to prayer, to breaking of bread. And then it says fellowship. And I, I can't help but think in the first century in the face of uh, Roman persecution that they weren't talking about those same things, safety and family and the economy. And they were being shut out of the public sector if they didn't bow to the Caesar. So, uh, if they did it in the first century. I think we need to be doing it in the 21st. Century. Yeah. I mean, you look at it, you know, and you mentioned it before with esther and mordecai's plans yeah and for that whole to really wipe out that whole race um god's chosen people israelites um yeah and there was a plan going on there and they may they may not have understood the plan but uh greece was brewing in the background there and soon greece would be a world power and they came through and uh, because of the moves that mordecai and esther made um we ended up with greece in power and alexander the great came along and that's where we got our septuagint and that's how we ended up with the bible so guy's got this big plan and he sees the whole board and we just need to be uh in the business of taking care of what's in front of us and letting him worry about the the larger issues well i love the way that you 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 again you tackle some of these cultural issues and you see all that's going on in our culture right now Mm -hmm. just the perversion the distortion of God's of what truth is 
specifically even God's truth, um, moral relativism is the order of the day. What's right for you is right for you. What's right for me is right for me. There's no such thing as absolute truth. But even in the middle of it, you you continue to come back to, you, you, first of all, you tackle those issues. You speak what's true according to the Bible. You don't shy away from that. But you are quick to bring it back to, but God still has a plan. We can trust him. Like, how do you see through that? All the all because a lot of people, Pastor Phil, they see what's going on. They get nervous. They get afraid, and they they stay in the weeds. How do you go back to that thirty thousand view? Well, I was I was raised by a man who never put his head on the pillow at night and and uh, worried about the fact that he didn't tell somebody what he thought. My dad was straightforward and spoke up in all situations, and so uh, I've just been in the habit of that for decades, and. Um, yeah, you go back to what happened three years ago with the whole mandate shut down vaccine fiasco, and our church was quick to see what was behind that. We knew that there was really nothing good. Uh, the motives behind that were were nefarious at best, and so we just kind of we shunned that and went ahead with business as usual. Church was meeting. We tried to do what God wanted us to do. Yeah, but weren't you afraid that you're going to lose people? Because that's where a lot of well, I don't want to offend people, Pastor Phil. Oh, no, we gained quite a few Did people you? in that in that period of time. And no, I wasn't worried about fending people. It's it's just you, you yeah, got you got to decide whether you're afraid of God or afraid of people. Yeah, but Pastor Phil, come on now, you're a pastor. I mean, it's not just losing people, but the tax, or the, the, not the tax money, but the, the tithe money. Come on now, if you lose that, you're in trouble because surely you're concerned about that, right? Not concerned about that. <laughs> that's where a lot of, I mean, but I'm, yeah. and I'm being facetious, obviously, but. That's that's where a lot of pastors don't want to speak the hard truths that are in the Bible. Yeah. Because they don't want to offend people and lose that time. Well, you know, and I've got a lot of respect for the the ministers that were in difficult situations, especially in the urban areas. They're trying to they're trying to run a ministry and they've got a lot of pressures from the insurance company and their board and people in the church and so the fact that they uh tried to cooperate with all of that um shut down business, they they just did the best they could, but in our context, in in Cape Fair, there wasn't anybody going to hassle us for having church, so we had church. Yeah, church. Yeah, I think that what what I'm reminded of when you say that is you, and I'm not. Again, I have a lot of compassion for pastors who were making tough decisions, even around here. I got a lot of friends that I remember them talking to me about it. Like, what do you think? What do you think we should do? They're weighing and they're trying to make those decisions, you know. But I, part of me is just like you can't please God and man. And when you try to do that, you try to toe that line, I don't see good coming out of that. I don't either. Jesus was real good about telling them the truth, and he'd put the ball in their court, and he'd say, take it or leave it, and then it was up to them. And I think, you know, as leaders in the church, we have to do that. I think style matters, though, because you, you're an easy guy to talk to. We've had a few conversations. You don't ever shy away from the truth of the scriptures. I've never seen you, I've, and I follow you pretty closely on social media you post on a daily basis a couple times right and you but you do it in a way that doesn't ostracize or isolate people so is that is that purposeful well no it's natural you know i've been in the classroom for almost four decades now with students who have a whole variety of opinions and the most important thing is listen to them and they oftentimes are going to say things that i wouldn't agree with or any anybody would agree with but you know it's their opinions and so we listen and we talk it out and and uh, let them express their opinions and you find a way to respond that it just makes them feel comfortable in talking with you. I, you know, and that's part of a 
strong Christian witness too. I think the key is listening to people. Sometimes they just want to be heard. And then you, at some point in the conversation, you, you hear something that you can respond to. And I think the Lord leads you in that moment. We were talking about this in our life group yesterday with, with our church about, um, listening. But then at some point you, you have to speak the truth. I mean, did you see those? that he gets us commercials during the Super Bowl. I, I did, yeah. You know, so we were talking about how they just seemed like there was a little bit more needed on those. Yes, yeah. You didn't see, one of the things you didn't see in that commercial was a a store owner sitting in front of his business that had been <clears throat> burned down crying and somebody washing his feet. It was yeah. very one-sided. It was one-sided. I understand exactly what you mean, and I, I wasn't a big fan of that, but... That's been around for a year or two now that he gets this. Yeah, he's, they've been around for a while. But the thing is, is this, it's like, cause the Hobby Lobby, the Green family from Hobby Lobby, they, they foot a lot of that bill. They give a hundred million, I, I understand, for the campaign. And it's like, they're, they're depicting Jesus as he's opening and almost some people, the critics would say that he's affirming mm-hmm. of lifestyles that's not there. And the reality is this. Yeah, Jesus gets me. He gets you. He loves you enough to meet you where you are. But I would say he loves you even more to not let you stay there. That's right. Because sin's going to be judged. You know, he gets me, and that's why re- repentance is important. Yeah. He understands and exactly go what's there. going on inside me. Yeah. And, and they didn't go there. And, and the message right. I get from you often is there's a call to action. So tell me a little bit about that, like what you're thinking with the call to action. Well, right now, the the church is going to have to be the number one resource for truth. That's what we're going to have to do. And I've been keeping up with some of the, the Christian Bible colleges across the nation and, uh, they're moving left and they're doing that because they're under financial pressure and, uh, they're under social pressure. And <clears throat> I got a lot of friends that I communicate with that about on uh, Facebook. They're really concerned with the direction of that. And I just think the local church teaching our young people the truth and giving them a, a uh, Bible college style education is going to be a top priority. The, the yeah. churches really need to think about getting back to the Bible, teaching these young people what's there, teaching them to memorize it and live it out because the opportunities to extend beyond secondary education to get their Christian education, um, that seems to be dwindling. That's good. So Pastor Phil McKinley, Cape Fear Christian Church, invite the people. Where, how can they, how can they meet with you all? We, uh, have Sunday school at 10 o'clock, and if you're hungry, we have donuts at 9.30. We're on... Wait, uh, where are the donuts from? That's important. Well, it depends on which coupons my wife gets that okay. week. <laughs> fair, fair. That's we try fair. to eat free donuts as often as, as, often as we can. Uh, but 10 o'clock Sunday school, 11 o'clock church. Uh, we're on the basically the corner of Highway 76 and 173 in downtown Cape Fair, Missouri. I've been there before. Great church, good people. Um, and your wife's a lovely lady who she's so hospitable and your family's all involved, and, of course, Savannah. And then it sounds like this um, new friend, Kaylin. Yes. Shout out to Kaylin. So she's smiling again real big. So, <laughs> hey, give us a word of hope real quickly, Pastor. Leave us with a word of hope from the pastor's perspective. Well, I always say never shoot pool with God. He sees the whole table. And uh, be, <laughs> com- be, right be confident. <laughs> be confident in each individual shot that God will use that. And there's never, I guess the message of, of Esther is there's never an insignificant person in God's plan at whatever you can do. Uh, 
to serve him and bring the truth to others. He'll use it some way and it'll carry out and he'll complete a good work that he started in you. There you go. Never shoot pool with God. He sees the whole table. So <laughs> Pastor Phil McKinley from Cape Fair Christian Church. Thanks for being here, my friend, on the pastor's perspective. Glad to do it. God bless you. Hey, we're going to um, get a traffic update with Don Luzader and then we'll be right back with um, some thoughts on the Springfield School Board election and um, man, it's, it's happening. It's right around the corner. We're going to talk about their discipline problems and what needs to be done. And then we'll get to the morning dump. Wake up Springfield. Stick around.